I know that you'll be happy to hear that our pastor will be back next week to give his usual dynamic service, his uh, wonderful sermons. And in the meantime, I have the privilege of bringing God's word to you. And the title of this service is The Perfect Response. Now, some of you know that Jim and I have a set of twins in the family. And and praise God, we got to be there when they were born. But because there were two babies, uh, something a little different happened because they were laying side by side in their little pink blankets, in their little plastic, whatever you call them, and, uh, and they were wrapped tightly with their blankets. And you know, when there's two side by side, you can see differences. You have one to compare to the other, and I saw differences in hours, in just a few hours after they were born. What a miraculous thing. Well, I looked at Aria, and she was very verbal. She was squalling. And and she made some sweet little cooing sounds now and then too, but she was very, very verbal. You knew how she was feeling. Uh, our, uh, Ivea, on the other hand, was very physical. She didn't make a lot of sounds. She didn't cry, and she didn't pierce anybody's eardrums, but, but she was physical. She squirmed a lot in that blanket. She moved a lot. And, and as I watched her, I saw her little fist right about here, you know, and the blanket's tight, and she's just moving that fist. She's not crying. She's just kind of, well, fighting. She was fighting that blanket. She was just doing this and doing this and doing this and pretty soon her little fist got to the top of that blanket and her wobbly little arm went (sighs) I'll never forget it it was uh it was such a visual for me to see how she just couldn't be confined she had to have her hand up and since then that visual has been an example to me of what praise is like We have to fight sometimes to praise. And we get physical about it, and we dance a little bit when we sing these worship songs because God is good and the words are true, and they speak to our hearts, and evidently they speak to our bodies because because we, we get excited about what God has done. I've often thought of that determined little fist fighting its way free when I think about how I praise. Now, everyone wants to be joyful in life. And on the surface, whoops, I think I missed something. Everyone wants to have joy in life. And on the surface, Paul's words, hmm, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4, 4. And we think, oh, really? Rejoice. Okay. Is it really possible to rejoice always? Is that possible? Am I supposed to go around with a perpetual grin on my face? Is it a sin if you don't feel joyful, if you feel depressed or down? Am I supposed to deny that I sometimes have pain or sorrow? Can we change the way we feel anyhow? What can we do about it? I really appreciated Krista's word today to us about changing our thoughts and changing our, our 
our desires and changing our behavior? Are these the words of an incurable optimist? You know, just reading those words might make someone feel a little depressed, thinking that they can't possibly rejoice all of the time. We need to realize that what Paul commands here is not just a cheerful disposition, which many people have just by nature, but rather it's something that requires supernatural power. It's joy in the Lord. Rejoice is found in the Bible 235 times. And these are some of the situations in which we are commanded to be rejoicing. Feel free to amen a couple of these. Rejoice in God's power. Amen. Rejoice in God's forgiveness. Amen. Rejoice in God's salvation. Amen. Rejoice in the promise of heaven. Amen. Rejoice in the joy of others. Amen. Rejoice in trials and afflictions. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, uh, when my mom passed away, I, I have a cousin that was a Christian at the time, and he, uh, and, and still is, and he, he rushed into my mom's house that evening, and he said, Praise God, Aunt Pat's in heaven. Well, I, I, I really appreciate, truly appreciate knowing that my mom is in heaven. It's wonderful to know that. It's wonderful to know that I'll see her again. But I didn't necessarily need to hear that on the evening that she passed away because I still wanted her with me. You understand. So sometimes rejoicing can be just a little bit irritating. Have you ever been irritated when someone was just too stinking cheerful? <laughs> I see at least one hand, two hands. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm a morning person. Is anybody a morning person? Oh, yeah. Anybody not a morning person? Okay, I see even two hands up some places. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, morning people are really irritating to people that are not morning people. I wake up in the morning and I'm awake. I'm awake. My feet hit the floor. I know what I'm going to do. I'm ready to go. Ta-da, there we are. I might even have a song. Normally I have a song in my mind. I don't know where. It must come from the Holy Spirit. That's all I know. Uh, This morning it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. But uh, my husband, hmm, yeah, he doesn't appreciate singing in the morning. He's not awake until he's gone to the bathroom, made a cup of coffee, and landed in the living room. Then he wakes up. So not always, not always is rejoicing a beneficial thing for the people that we live with. But listen... We're facing some very significant trials in 2020, aren't we? 2020 already seems to me like it was a decade. We're seeing things that most of us have never imagined. The twilight zone, maybe. Maybe on the twilight zone. I, I remember something about a show where this disease came in, this virus came in, and all the people, you know, changed life everywhere, and, and, you know, they had to accommodate, and they had to, you know, try to protect themselves from this disease, and, and, and I don't know, Twilight Zone, yes, yes, I think that's about the only thing. 
The world seems to be unraveling, and it's affecting everyone in some way. Every one of us here is affected in some way. Maybe people are falling into despair. It's quite a situation. We don't know what to expect from this virus. We don't know what to expect from the political turmoil. And the personal trials we all face, they're still there too. This would be a great time to learn to rejoice. How do we do that? We may not be able to rejoice in our load, all of these things that we carry, but we can rejoice in our Lord. One of my favorite Bible accounts is the story of Paul and Silas recorded in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, and Paul and Silas are put in prison. And before they were put in prison, they were beaten with rods. Then they were put in stocks. Then they were in prison, in the inner prison. And now they're in prison. Here we are. We're in prison. We can't even imagine this. But try. We're in prison. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now that kind of joy that can get you happy in a jail with your back bleeding and your life in danger, that's the kind of joy I want. I want that kind of joy. We need that kind of joy. But notice, they're praising God in the middle of their situation. And I wasn't going to tell you this, but when my husband uh, got his heart transplant, before, just before he got his heart transplant, and they said he wouldn't, he wouldn't make it till Christmas. And we were in the hospital, and, and at, at Allegheny General, if you're a, a transplant patient, your spouse stays with you in the room the whole time, the whole time, morning, noon, and night. And um, so I was in the hospital room, and they were taking him down for tests, and things looked grim, and I did not feel like praising God. I was praying. I was begging for, for healing for my husband, but I, but I honestly just didn't feel like praising him. There are times when we don't feel like praising. And then I remembered little Avea. And I pushed my hand up in the hospital room and praised the Lord. Praised the Lord. And you know what happened? My praise became real. I raised my hand out of hope and obedience. But my praise became real. Because the Holy Spirit swooped in. Swooped in. I could feel him in that room, and I could feel the change that praise had made. It was a wonderful experience. Have you ever looked at magic eye artwork? Does anybody know what magic eye artwork is? Well, this is a book with uh, magic eye artwork in it. Now, the designers have put, have embedded... um, a pattern in this seemingly random pattern that if you relax your eyes, 
uh, something will come out 3D. I saw this for the first time in a dentist's office years ago. They had a great big thing on the wall, and it just looked like random colors. But uh, as I, and someone told me, you know, you have to relax. You have to move forward and move back and just kind of, you know, and try to look through it and whatever. And it's, it's not easy the first time. I can tell you that. But when you do, when you are able to do it, well, this something pops out that you never expected. This, uh, this one right here, for example, there's a pony standing there. I bet you can see it, right? No. No, there's a pony standing there in 3D. It's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. See me after church if you want to look at the book. And I don't have any trouble seeing these 3D images that pop out of this artwork. But it's hard for some people to just relax their vision and look through the obvious pattern. I've seen people stare at these pages. It's so frustrating to me when some, like Jim, Jim had a hard time seeing these. Uh, I think he was trying too hard. I think he just couldn't relax. But there he was, like this. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. There is nothing in there. It's in there. It's in there, honey. <laughs> As it turns out, Latin for the word perspective means looking through. And that is what Paul and Silas did. They looked through their situation. The despair that the magistrates hoped to instill in those two Christian men was impossible. They did not despair. After all, remember uh, that Paul had wanted to go to Europe for a long time. He wanted to spread the gospel into Europe. And here they were in Europe. Well, you know, he, he thought he'd go as a preacher and he went as a prisoner, but Never mind that. He's in Europe. They were locked up 24-7 with a guard and inmates who needed to hear the good news. It was a captive audience, you might say. The magistrates had made one very good, bad decision. They had locked Paul and Silas up together. What does the word tell us? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. God was with them. Maybe Paul said, hey, Silas, hey, Silas, wake up. Silas probably said, Paul, go to sleep. No, listen, Sigh. I just thought of something. We have, to, we have to wake up. And Silas said, Paul, go to sleep. No, no, Sigh, listen. You can't imagine, you can't imagine what I just realized. Silas, listen, we're not done yet. God's not through with us. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. They began to pray, and they began to sing to the Lord, and he inhabited their praise. Prayer changes things, and so does praise. So does praise. Can you say that with me? Prayer changes things, and so does praise. Have you ever uh, 
participated in one of those uh, little examples where somebody tells you to laugh and you just laugh and laugh and you just laugh and well I went to this uh, ladies retreat um, last year and we did that we uh, laughed we didn't have anything you know specifically to laugh about but we just began to laugh and can I tell you that laughter overcomes you when you do that you just uh awaken all of these responses you didn't know you were going to have and pretty soon you're laughing you're doing the real thing really really laughing it's that way with praise it's that way with praise if you can raise your hand if you can raise your voice if you can invest yourself in praising whether you're really feeling it or not it will elevate you to the place where you are truly praising even in the middle of a jail cell it was the perfect response the response to their predicament their situation their response was to pray and praise they were still sitting in a dirty musty rat infested inner prison in stocks they were still hurting and hungry and frustrated they weren't praising God for what was going on they were praising God for who he was praising God not for the what but for the who well I don't need to stand up here and tell you how to praise God when things go well when you get a new job you're pretty good at praising him so am I when the diagnosis is you don't have cancer praise comes easily when your kids get saved praise comes easily when your candidate wins praise comes easily when your ship comes in as they say it's easy to praise the Lord but Paul and Silas praised God for who he is before he answered their prayers let's look at that scripture in its entirety and they brought them to the magistrates and said these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But... At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. 
But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Only God can do that. Only God can do that. This story could have ended so differently had they not been able to look through the situation and trust God. We wouldn't be reading this story at all. In fact, we only know this story because of the faithfulness of Paul and Silas. It allowed them to be praying and praising God in the pit of despair. They looked through all of that. They gave the perfect response to their terrible trial, and so can we. What is our perspective in these days? Our twins are seven years old now. When school started this year, I asked them how they liked their teacher. The girls were standing near each other in the room, and they answered in unison, In unison, one of them said, yes, and one of them said, no. Then their mom said, they both have the same teacher. And it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. I loved what Krista said because we are responsible for our perspective. And we can change our perspective. I found this little story. A young woman named Anne Steele had encountered one trial and disappointment after another. Her mother died when she was three. And when she was 19, she suffered a severe hip injury that left her an invalid. Eventually... She fell in love and was engaged to be married, but the day before the wedding, her fiancé drowned. Later, Anne Steele penned the following song. Father, whate'er of earthly bliss this sovereign will denies, except at thy throne of grace, let this petition rise. Give me a calm, a thankful heart, from every murmur free. The blessings of thy grace impart and make me live to thee. That's a good perspective. Let me pause for a moment and say that if you're looking for joy, if you're looking for peace, joy, love, hope, contentment outside of Jesus, you won't find it. A new car is a thrill, a party is fun, a vacation is a blast. And a romance makes you happy. But these things come and go. Because happiness is temporary. None of these things will sustain you in the trials of life. None of these things will sustain you in this day in which we live. Have you discovered how quickly your gladness today can become sadness tomorrow? Or the people you thought were friends yesterday have become your enemies today? Or the wisdom you thought was so cool yesterday 
seems foolish now. Have you noticed that your sweetness in the morning can turn to bitterness at night? There's a story told about two wives who were doing their laundry in a laundromat. They were both mending their husband's pants. One wife said, My husband is so miserable, nothing goes right at work, and he can't find anything good on television. Our home is a place of despair. When we go to church, the song leader is terrible, and the pastor is an idiot. The other wife said, My husband is is so happy and excited. He can't wait to go to church. He loves the sermons. We laugh all the time, and we enjoy our family. Well, it got pretty quiet in the laundromat. And the women continued sewing the pants. One was patching the seat, and the other was patching the knees. Prayer changes things, and so does praise. Have you just, sorry, the one thing that all of us share as we take this journey together with with humanity is that nothing we get involved in ever seems to last. But the joy of Christ, of which we speak today, is continual and never-ending. Absolutely constant, lasting joy. The joy is not hinged on happenings. It's perfected in a person. Perfected in a person. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus from the Gospel of John. These things I have spoken to you, he said, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. It's his joy. It's his joy that's in it. That's why us. That's why we never have to try to figure out how to be joyful. We just have to rely on Jesus Christ We just have to allow the Holy Spirit to be our joy. He's already made provision for us. Have you been robbed of your joy? Are you able to praise the Lord in these days? Answer to yourself, but please be honest. Are you able to be joyful? I have a dear friend who started reading Anne Voskamp's book titled 1,000 Gifts last year. Has anybody read that book? It's a good book. The book encourages readers to make a list of 1,000 things to thank the Lord for providing. 1,000 praises. How long do you think it might take to write down 1,000 praises? Well, this friend of mine is very close to her goal of 1,000, and she's determined to reach it by December 31st. Yesterday, she reported to me that she only has 70 more praises to go. Isn't that something? Are you wondering who this friend is? It's our sister, our friend Sharon Hansen. Sharon, who's been fighting cancer through most of the time that she's been making this list. 930 praises that dear woman has written. 
Sharon, who was recently declared to be cancer-free, but she was writing out her list long before she received that joyful news. Sharon knows how to praise God for who he is. Amen. What a wonderful testimony. Sharon, I am so blessed to have the opportunity to see your faith in action. Friends, we're all going through trials, but the joy of our of the Lord is our strength. Paul tells us in Galatians 5:22 and 23, the fruit of the Holy Spirit residing in us, already residing in us if we are saved, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We've already got it. We need to stir up. We need to stir up the fruit of the Spirit which is already in us. It's possible that we have never needed the fruit of the Spirit more than we need it right now. How are you doing? How are you? How are you? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Would you stand, please? This sermon today was for me as much as it was for you. I've been struggling with joy. And the Lord has cautioned me in his in his love and complete understanding of who I am and of who you are, he's obviously cautioned, cautioning us to rely on the Spirit, to read our Bibles, to be in the Word, to be with our Christian brothers and sisters, to encourage one another. We're obviously being given the same message I love that confirmation when the Lord does that. When the Lord says to Krista, think on this, think on these things. And the Lord says to me, this is what you all need. Bow your heads, please, with no one looking around. Heavenly Father, we really have no reason to be in despair. We really have no reason. Because the end, the end of this story makes us victors. Lord, teach us. Teach us, Lord, how to stir up the joy that you've already given us. Teach us, Lord, to rejoice even in the middle of a trial. Teach us, Lord, how to encourage our brothers and sisters in a meaningful way, Lord. Father, as we pray, Lord, I ask that you would cause people to be honest with themselves. I know that we can't address a problem if we can't admit a problem. I pray, Father, you'll help them to be honest with themselves and determined to do something about it because you deserve praise every day, every time, every way, in every trial. 
our wonderful God. We praise you in Jesus' name. And we don't want to leave today without giving someone a chance to ask Jesus into their heart. It all starts there. If Jesus isn't in your heart, you cannot have the joy of the Lord. You cannot have the joy of the Lord if Jesus isn't in your heart. If you haven't given your life to him, if you haven't asked him to fill you, forgive you, and fill you with his spirit, there won't be any joy. There might be happiness, fleeting, but there won't be joy. So with no one looking around, not a single soul looking around, not young and not old, would you raise your hand if you need to ask Jesus into your heart? I won't embarrass you. I won't embarrass you at all, but I will pray for you. Is there anyone here who does not have Jesus in their heart? Is there anyone here who feels like they're despairing in this time and would like and would just like a special prayer said? Are all hearts clear? Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father, for being our joy. We thank you, Lord, that that we have every reason to worship who you are every day. We thank you, Father, for this church, for this service, for our brothers and sisters. We can't thank you enough, Lord. We praise your holy name, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.